The Oklahoma Sooners are SEC ready after their 2024 signing class. We'll talk about that and so much more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. The show is at Locked On Sooners, and again, thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. As we close out the 2024 signing period it is pretty evident that the oklahoma sooners are ready to go into the sec now exactly how that looks and what the results look like on the field will be one thing but brent venables and his coaching staff are on a great trajectory to get this program not just playing good football in the sec but getting them going toward potentially the top of the SEC. You know, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here off the top, okay? And first off, let me also say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to anybody watching and listening along with us uh, here on Locked On Sooners. Your Sooners every single day as uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. But uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you all. A little bit of a curveball here for you. Is Oklahoma SEC ready? I think we've been getting the phrasing here mixed up on this. When people ask, is Oklahoma SEC ready? They're not really asking, is Oklahoma SEC ready? Because a lot of folks still feel like the answer is, no, they're not SEC ready. And if the answer is, no, they're not quite SEC ready, but they're close, basically what you're saying is, I'm not convinced they're ready to beat Alabama or Georgia on a consistent basis. I think most everybody would agree that Oklahoma's ready to beat Tennessee on a consistent basis. They're ready to beat Florida on a consistent basis. LSU, everybody in that next tier down beyond Alabama and Georgia, Oklahoma's ready to beat on a consistent basis. Most people would agree with that even before these last couple of classes, right? So what people are asking is not, okay, is Oklahoma SEC ready? OU's been SEC ready to go win eight, nine, ten games on a regular basis in this conference. What people have been asking, John, is Oklahoma ready to go into the college football playoff and win a national championship? And I would answer that question with no. I don't think Oklahoma's there yet, but they have with this 2024 class in my estimation – gotten closer to that goal and the number one reason why is what we've talked uh, ad nauseum about building up to it which was you got to get david stone you got to get Jaden jackson you got to get nigel smith you got to get a koye you got to get a number of these guys gilmore if you can flip dominic mckinley if you can get all of that together that's what it takes to be quote-unquote sec ready which is again beating alabama beating georgia and of course playing for and winning national championships they're closer to that because of this class, John. Are they there? I would say probably not, but they're closer. Yeah, and and closer is what you need to do every single class. You got to keep getting better. You got to keep stacking top ten classes. You need to keep pushing into the top five. But I I still 
subscribe to the idea that a lot of the guys that Oklahoma signed are kind of underrated in this class, whether it's a Michael Hawkins or a Brendan Zerbrug or Zion Raggins or you know even KJ Daniels. Like a lot of dudes in this cycle aren't maybe getting enough love from the recruiting analysts. And you know, they've got to cover so many different guys and they have to evaluate so many different players. It's easy to you know let some guys maybe fall a little bit more under the radar, but there's some really, really good players that aren't four-star prospects, quote unquote, or five-star prospects in this class, but they're really, really good. And they're going to be guys that have an opportunity to make a big time impact. Are they ready to be Oklahoma or Alabama and Georgia on a regular basis? If that's the standard in which we're asking the question, are we SEC ready? Then what 13 out of the 14 teams or not, I guess 11 out of the remaining 14 teams in the SEC aren't SEC ready. About the only other school that you can consider maybe in that, you know, right just below them is LSU. But even they have had trouble with Georgia and Alabama in recent years as well. So unless you're Alabama or Georgia, the rest of the SEC is not SEC ready because nobody has been able to compete with those two schools on a consistent basis. They might play close games. They might be able to win one here and there, but it's not happening regularly. But like you said, Josh, Oklahoma did take a step in the right direction because they're fortifying the trenches. Brent Venables talked about that as a key component to this class, not just on the defensive side of the football, but on the offensive side as well. Being able to win up front is the key to all of this. And by nabbing the the defensive line class that they got, getting those guys signed to Oklahoma, I mean, that sets the stage for them to continue to build and create really, really good defensive line rooms moving forward. They kind of started it last year with P.J. Adebowale and Derek LeBlanc. LeBlanc ends up transferring to UCF after the spring, but you still got P.J. Add to that what you have in the 2024 cycle and then what you're going to continue to build upon in 2025. I mean, you already got Kamari Moore, who's going to be a really nice interior defensive line player for the Sooners down the road, but everything is heading in that direction. And you're still getting all of the elite playmakers that you've gotten when you're Oklahoma. Josh, this is in the book of Josh Helmer. Oklahoma will never struggle to find skill talent. They never will. And they aren't. Even after the wide receiver coaching change, I mean, Emmett Jones has continually put this team at the forefront of wide receiver recruitments. And they've got four really, really good ones coming in to add to a really good quarterback room that's including Jackson Arnold and in the future includes Kevin Sperry. So, I mean, the talent is coming to Norman. They're not dropping off. There's no way they're becoming, quote unquote, the next Nebraska. No, Brent Venables and his coaching staff have this team on a trajectory where they're going to be able to compete with the Alabamas, with the Georgias, with the LSUs, and be kind of right there on the cusp. Now, how long does it take them to get to that, to get to an SEC title game, to potentially play for a national title? We'll see. But like you said, Josh, they're on the next step to getting there. They weren't there under Lincoln Riley. We know that for a fact. They didn't have the defensive fronts. They didn't have the defensive cachet to go play with the big boys in the SEC. They just didn't. Brent Venables has started to create that in Norman. We're starting to see what a defense could look like in Brent Venable's image. Agreed. And uh, 
it's fun. It's fun to watch defense start morphing back into a defining characteristic of this Oklahoma football program. Again, and I, I've said it a lot lately that unfortunately the end of the season statistically and with a lot of the numbers, it, it started going the other direction for Oklahoma defensively. But I think, uh, you know, obviously some injuries played a part in that. Uh, and that's not to excuse anything totally away. I mean, obviously the buzzwords have been, right, competitive depth. So that's an area that Oklahoma needs to continue to improve to where they can withstand an injury here or there and and not have the production fall all the way off. It was not good enough to end the season defensively for Oklahoma. And yet, having said that, John, I do think you, you go back to the goal line stand versus Texas. Basically, you got one versus UCF. I mean, there were a lot of signs along the way this season for Oklahoma that clearly this is a defensive program a program defensively that's starting to turn the corner and show some signs. So let's hope that continues. And my whole point right here was to just sort of set the record straight because I think we've been confusing the verbiage of is Oklahoma SEC ready versus is OU ready to go win a national championship next season. I don't think they're ready to do that. I think 25 might be the year that you look for with Jackson Arnold one year a season you need to go win a national championship. But is Oklahoma capable next year, John, of beating Tennessee at home, going to Auburn and winning, taking care of South Carolina, winning uh, at the Grove versus Ole Miss, winning at Mizzou? Yes, winning at LSU. I think, oh, you can win that game at the end of the year when you've had the full season to get your offensive line in order and figure out again uh, your quarterback growing up a little bit. Alabama at home, I think they can win that game too, but that's obviously going to be the biggest challenge for me next season. So it's uh, it's fun to think about, though. It is fun to think about, and I think they're a lot closer than a lot of people want to give them credit for. I've already seen way too early power rankings that have Oklahoma down at like six or seven, and you're like, come on now. Come on. Just come on. Now, I know Oklahoma's got some offensive line questions, but they're answering those questions in the transfer portal in the 2024 recruiting class. Let's talk about one of those potential answers coming up after the break here on Locked On Sooners. The Alamo Bowl is right around the corner. We are just right out a week away, and there are still great tickets available for you. Go to Game Time, download the app in your App Store or Google Play Store, and use promo code Locked On College to get twenty dollars off. A lot of great seats available for you, and flash deals available inside the app. That if you're looking to get down to San Antonio to see Oklahoma play Arizona, great options for you all across the stadium. Lower deck, upper deck, end zone, sideline, doesn't matter. Game time's got you covered. They've also got great options for uh, concerts and comedy shows and local theater as well. So whatever you're trying to see this winter, go to game time. Use our promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your next purchase, your first purchase over at game time. It is the best place to buy tickets at the last minute with great deals inside the app so download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-e-g-e for twenty dollars off that's game time download the app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and the oklahoma sooners are looking to answer that offensive line question in the transfer portal but all of our recruiting segments here on locked on are brought to you by linkedin where every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager go to linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply the offensive lineman in question the one that's kind of in the hot seat 
right now for the Oklahoma Sooners in the transfer portal. That is Gino Vandemark, the Michigan State guard, played with uh, one recent Oklahoma Sooners commit out of the transfer portal, Spencer Brown. Gino Vandemark, a potential option here. Looks like everything is trending towards the Oklahoma Sooners. Josh McQuistion of Sooner Scoop has issued a prediction for the Oklahoma Sooners in regards to Vandermark. Also, Michigan State insider Justin Thind and national recruiting analyst Brian Doan as well have all uh, issued recruiting projections favoring the Sooners in the recruitment of Vandermark. And I think this is one of those recruitments that Oklahoma's got to close on because then it gives you your answer at right guard and you can continue to figure out, okay, what are you going to do on the left side? If Spencer Brown's your right tackle and Gino Vandermark is your right guard, then you are allowed to kind of focus your competitive attentions on left guard, left tackle, and not have to worry. So, and center for, for a part of that as well but you don't have to spend so much time focusing on right guard and right tackle because you've got veteran options who've played a lot of football. And for a guy like Vandermark, played some of his best football at the end of the year when Michigan State played Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State. Some of his best games of the season came in those matchups. So a very, very intriguing option. The Sooners have to add a transfer portal addition, and it looks like everything is heading that direction for the Sooners. And Brent Venable said the other day that Oklahoma, you know, they've got five on the board out of the transfer portal right now. He said uh, in the signing day press conference that Oklahoma will add as many as 10. So in, in hopes to add 10 out of the transfer portal. So that's five names on the bingo board that we don't know about just yet. Unless, of course, Vandemark is going to be one of those five, which, yeah, that, that would be a pleasant sight for Oklahoma to sort of settle the the right side of the offensive line or just one guard position, one tackle position. However, that winds up for OU. And we know that Oklahoma likes what they have in terms of its young offensive linemen. They, they feel good about Josh Bates at center. Obviously, they went and supplemented their, their depth with Troy Everett uh, an offseason ago. They like what they've gotten, Jacob Sexton. We've heard good things about Taylor. We'll see about a Howland being a, a year older. And then you think about the, the signing class itself, John. It took until the midway point for Caden Green versus Texas to really impact things. But who knows? Maybe an Eddie Pierre-Louis can step right in and help Oklahoma. Maybe there's another name in this class that can help Oklahoma. Probably you don't bank on that. I wouldn't be surprised if after Vandemark there might even be one more offensive line name. Uh, out of the transfer portal, that would not uh, be altogether shocking to me, John. No, and a lot of it seems to point towards the UNT uh, offensive lineman as well, a guy that's got a connection with Seth Luttrell that could end up with the Sooners. But even if they only just add one more offensive lineman, I feel a lot more comfortable about where they're heading in the spring because you've got two veteran options available to you, and then you can – let competition kind of play itself out at the remaining three spots. I think we believe Jacob Sexton probably is your left tackle, but you've got an option. You've got options. At least you've got the ability to let competition play out and see who kind of rises to the top of the, of the depth chart through competition in the spring. But I think, like you said, I mean, it, it would not be surprising to see guys like an Eddie Pierre Louis or a Eugene Brooks, uh, maybe an, even an Isaiah Autry, kind of break through and, and earn some snaps, at least as part of the rotation. But it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me in one bit to see those guys because they've got a lot of really impressive tools that could 
help them get on the field early. A lot of it's going to come down to how quickly they learn the playbook, how quickly they develop physically. But I mean, these guys are already over 300 pounds. It's not like they're going to have to go into Norman and add a lot of weight. Now I'm sure they'll want them to add some more functional weight, but I mean, it's, they're hitting the ground running basically in that they can jump into the competition and not have to say, Hey, I got to go put on 25 pounds before I'm going to be a legit offensive guard at the college level. No, I'm already 320, 330. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go to work. Well, and OU's done a a solid job already addressing some areas where they wanted to beef things up in terms of the depth department out of the transfer portal. So to know that uh, OU basically thinks that they can add five more or will attempt to add five more is pretty exciting out of the portal. We, We think probably Vandemark is the next name. When you start seeing the predictions come in like this from multiple places, both on the OU side, John, and then on the Michigan State side, it's probably a pretty good indication that we'll be talking about a commitment to Oklahoma before it's all said and done here in the near future. But you got Bauer Sharp at tight end. You added a running back, which uh, you've had some exits at running back, of course. So you went and you got Sam Franklin. Deion Burks, we said, okay, probably you're pretty good at wide receiver, but if you can go find somebody that at the power five level with a a couple of years still of eligibility remaining can go out and bring something like 47 grabs on, might we mention too, I think it's worth pointing out, if you get caught up in the numbers with Deion Burks, 47 grabs, 629 yards, seven touchdowns, it's uh, worth pointing out, did did any of you watch Purdue this season? That was a lousy football team, a lousy lousy football team and he went up and put up 47 grabs 629 yards and seven touchdowns so that was a nice addition for Oklahoma Des Malone uh, should help out at corner for OU and obviously we've talked about the offensive line so a nice little start here in this portal season for Oklahoma addressing some obvious needs yeah it, it does and I think they'll finish strong and I think this goes also goes back to okay they're only going to take 10 transfer portal additions It's because Brent Venables is charting to kind of turn the tide a little bit. It's like, okay, we took a, we took 18 at different times over the last couple of years. That's going to, that's going to lower. And you're going to see that transfer portal spot. You know, those spots start going to high school recruits. That's why you're seeing a class of 27, maybe 28. If they're able to pull off the Dominic McKinley flip, you know, Todd Bates, Brent Venables have already visited with him down in Louisiana. They've got now a little over a month to make their final push and and potentially pull off another five-star defensive lineman in the class. We know how important it is to Brent Venables to add as much talent to the defensive line as possible. So, you know, they're going to give a great effort in this recruitment, giving it, given a second chance basically to, to see if they can turn this flip around Uh, coming up. We're going to talk about the early enrollees getting to work. we got, uh, what is it? Nine or no, sorry, seven guys on campus already just a day after the early signing period. And they're doing that work. We'll talk about it on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. This episode brought to us by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets frostier, folks, and the holidays come and go, the NFL offers, they're red hot. They stay red hot with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So no better time than now if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel than to join and get in on the action. The app's super easy to use, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. 
The uh, the numbers for OU Arizona, by the way, for those interested, Alamo Bowl odds. Arizona, favored by two and a half. OU plus 125. Jackson Arnold, first start on the money line. Over under is 62 and a half where we sit right now today. But again, that's FanDuel. Visit them, fanduel.com slash locked on and enjoy the end of this NFL season or bowl season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Yeah, and just a reminder, all our recruiting segments here on Lockdown are brought to you by LinkedIn. So, Josh, we've got seven players already on campus with the Oklahoma Sooners, and those seven players are Eli Bowen, Wyatt Gilmore, Jaden Hardy, Michael Hawkins, Jaden Jackson, Xavier Robinson, and Nigel Smith. Uh, impressive to me that your Minnesota signee, that your Florida signee, that your you know your guys from Texas are already on campus. It's not surprising so much to see the Oklahoma guys or you know your your North North Texas guys on campus. But I mean, it, it's kind of cool that they get this opportunity to go and start working with the coaches and start working with the team and and just getting some some you know reps, getting some relationships built, and kind of hit the ground running. It's kind of fun. I feel like you and I and maybe I shouldn't lump you into this, but I, I certainly myself, right. I'm constantly beating the drum or picking on the NCAA for their incompetence for things that I dislike for their lack of action, for their inability to make any sort of actionable consequences for those tampering out there or on and on and on number of things that the NCAA does punishments for, I don't know, maybe a Kansas basketball program that takes five years and the punishment is nothing but, uh, hey, that's neither here nor there. I'm spending a lot of time talking about what the NCAA gets wrong, and this is something that the NCAA has gotten right. This is uh, probably an item that's been long overdue. Now, I, having said that, think that we see more and more kids now in high school, John, that they're done with high school at the semester. They're ready to go to college. Again, I don't think that's a prereq for anybody. It kind of depends, right? If you want to, there's nothing wrong with staying one more semester at high school with your best friends you grew up with. But for some folks, they're ready to move on. And if you're a Division One athlete and uh, namely a football player, there's some legitimate advantages to making that jump right then and there if you've fulfilled your high school graduation requirements to get in to practice, to get that leg up. We talk about it all the time. Folks that are early enrollees that go through the spring, John, have a legitimate big-time leg up, especially at a skill position. Wide receiver is a place you always look where, okay, have they been in? Have they learned the playbook? Have they been an early enrollee? And if the answer is yes, they might have a chance to step in and catch football passes straight away. And so I think it's cool that this opportunity exists for all of these guys. It gives them that little bit of a leg up. And uh, again, it's something that to me, for all of my NCAA bashing, they've gotten this one right. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the the video that Oklahoma shared on social media with the seven guys that are already practicing with their position coaches, I highly recommend you go find it, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. The way Jaden Jackson's moving in that would make you think he's the, the 250 pound edge rusher, but this man is moving so well at 300 pounds and it did nothing to slow down the Jaden Jackson hype express that I'm the conductor of over here. So it's, it's fun. It's exciting. And 
it kind of reminds me of the scene from uh, Moneyball when the scouts are talking with Billy Bean and his parents at the dinner table and, and talking about how his education is going to be baseball. And it, it's kind of the same thing. You know, these guys want to be college football players and hopefully professional football players as well. They want to get that education started. They want to get it started soon. No better way to kind of get that acclimation process begun then during bowl season, now the first day of practice was probably just a little bit of you know work with the position coaches and and have a little I don't want to say fun, but just more of a, a less of a structured practice where you're having to go out and learn the routine with the team and you know you're jumping into these drills that the team's been doing for a year two years and now you're starting to kind of have to figure it out. There'll be time for some of that, but this is just going to be about just starting to get the work in and you could see that they were excited, energized, ready to go. And yeah, I mean, to, to sign on Wednesday and to be working with your coaches on Thursday, I think that just goes to show what some of these kids are about. And that doesn't mean that the rest of the class isn't about the work, but it is showing that there is a desire to go to work with this class. And, and I think we're going to see it, that it's going to be less about the talk it's going to be more about the walk. It's going to be about putting forward an effort that helps get Oklahoma back to that excellence that we talked about in the first segment that we think that they're on the right track toward. And not to put a buzzkill on any of that, but it might also be, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go start college immediately, which when, yeah. I, was, uh, when I was leaving Andover High School, a little emotional taking that turnpike uh, up, up north, but uh, – yeah, I was ready to to start college and get to college and do all the fun things you do in college. So it might be a little bit of that too, but uh, I do think, you know, obviously it's exciting for OU. In particular, the name that you mentioned, Jaden Jackson being here this quickly and acclimating this fast, Nigel Smith, Wyatt Gilmore. I think it's very exciting that you've got those defensive linemen that are here early that, look, uh, Jaden Jackson – it's a big time hope that he can help you straight away alongside David Stone being here right here right now for the bowl prep is going to do nothing but help that possibility. Yeah. And and so we'll see, we'll see if these guys are going to be able to jump in year one and, and make an impact, be part of the, the rotation at whatever their position is. But there are a few guys that are going to be able to work their way into the rotation at some point in the 2024 season, but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Again, Merry Christmas to all. Happy New Year. We'll be back, obviously, before the New Year, but Merry Christmas. We'll have you covered with Alamo Bowl coverage coming up this week. We'll have a Locked On crossover with the host of Locked On Arizona Wildcats as well for you early next week. Just give you some content for your Christmas Day as well. Or, yeah, for Christmas Day. That's on a Monday. I don't know why that feels weird that Christmas is on a Monday, but it just feels weird that Christmas is on a Monday. Uh, But if you're traveling this weekend – We just wish safe travels for you if you're flying or driving, whatever it may be. We just hope you have a great weekend with your family and friends. And uh, Merry Christmas to you. Be patient. Huh? Be patient, everyone. Be travel safe. We wish you a happy Merry Christmas. And don't feel the need to rush to get wherever you got to go. Just you'll, you'll get there. And everybody be patient and safe and a holly jolly holiday season to everyone. That's right. And if you see a Toyota Highlander driving down uh, 69 towards uh, Texas, just give us a honk. Give us a wave. And if you're in the uh, on the 121 going from, you know, Frisco to, to Fort Worth, you know, maybe let us in. We don't drive in that traffic all the time anymore. So, you know, let's work together. 
on this holiday weekend. Uh, but uh, follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. But until next time, Merry Christmas. For Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.